February 20, 2024. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I'm trying to text out the truth thing so that the stream is available on Truth Social. There we go. Uh, hey, <laughs> my microphone's not even set up. Uh, my name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. It's always going to be about the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. If you wait till the end, we'll do a gospel proclamation and a presentation, as we always do, because the invitation is to believe the gospel and obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to start with Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 17. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 17. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. For decades there have been people, I believe, lying, saying sweet things to the ears of Americans about mass migration, just letting them all in, letting everybody in. And I think that now we are, we have gravel in our mouths. Can't eat, tastes bad, hurts, can't speak. And so our nation is being destroyed by mass migration. I've covered this before. And so I want to do, I did a notice of maladministration regarding public safety and states over immigration before, but now I want to turn the screws because it, it seems as though lawmakers are understanding and starting to vocalize the law a little bit more, but they're not getting it. They're not getting it. So yesterday, uh, by God's grace, we did an abortion. Uh, we did a, an, I did an affidavit regarding abortion, which is not abortion, it's murder. But I did an affidavit there. And so if migration is your issue, this is the one for you. And I've been scratching my eye. You can see that red part there. It's really itches. I don't know why. Um, anyway... I'd like to do that. The very first thing I'd like to do is give you the opportunity to bless me, but also switch your shopping. Go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, the money you're already spending for household goods. You can take that money, the money you're already spending, and literally shift it over to American manufacturing. Uh, once you shop, it's a blessing for me. That's how I support the ministry of, of what I do here. But it's also going to get you products that don't have hazardous chemicals, delivered right to your door just the same time you know as Amazon or Costco or, or Walmart but people can't buy their position at the corporate table which means you won't have any woke advertising you won't have anything like that it's a shoppers club it's American manufacturing it's direct product purchase of stuff you already buy using money you're already spending for the same cost and in, in my household we've actually saved money because we switched sign up at patriotswitch.com slash jaren and if you do that today there is actually a zoom call at nowgotowar.com you sign up for that you actually get a zoom call link this evening seven o'clock tuesday tuesday february 20 seven o'clock central time with myself and my wife discussing things answering questions all that kind of stuff all right let's get into the actual affidavit and here I'm not even gonna just be fancy or smart we're just gonna go straight into it so with that I'd like to downsize me and in that corner 
and I'd like to start to do this, no, uh, this affidavit. So an affidavit is a voluntarily sworn statement that you are going to be legally responsible for the facts and the truths of everything that's being said. It's also how you assert your rights in the law. Let me say that again. This is how you people with rights from Jesus assert your rights in the law. We're going to be using and fighting out of our Black's Law 4th Deluxe Dictionary today, speaking about the uh, definitions of words. I don't have them looked up, uh, but I do want to show you what these words mean. That way you understand and can see. The very first thing we're going to be doing is an affidavit of maladministration. Let me find maladministration for you. Maladministration. Oh, shoot. Come on, camera. I don't know what's going on. Did it? No, okay. My camera's been messing up. I think I got old equipment. I'm also a producer of one. So there you go. Maladministration. Maladministration. This term is used in law books interchangeably with misadministration, and both words mean malad or wrong administration. Okay. So now you've got maladministration. We're doing mal affidavit of maladministration and demand of state sovereignty over alien migration. A, uh, sovereignty, let's go ahead and look that one up because we want to make sure that we understand what we're talking about real fast. And so the, the, the law is based on words. Words all have meaning. Precision is important because that's how we understand things. So I want to look up sovereign so that you understand it and that there's no guessing. We don't want to guess. We never, ever, ever want to guess. We want to prove all things as the Bible teaches. So here is, uh, so sovereignty, let's look up sovereign first. Sovereign, a person, body, or state in which independent and supreme authority is vested. A chief ruler with supreme power, a king over a ruler, or limited power. Okay, so it's, a, it's supreme authority. Sovereignty, the supreme, absolute, and uncontrollable power by which any independent state is governed. Supreme political authority, paramount control over the of the constitution and frame of government and its administration. The self-sufficient, which means it doesn't need power from anywhere else. Source of political power from which all specific, all specific political powers are derived. The international independence of a state combined with the right and power of regulating its internal affairs without foreign dictation. Also, a political society or state which is sovereign and independent. Chisholm, Georgia. You need to go read that case. Amen. And then it says here, the power to do everything in a state without accountability. Look at that. The power to do everything in a state without accountability to make laws, to execute and to apply them, to impose and collect taxes and levy contributions, to make war or peace, to form treaties of alliance or of commerce with foreign nations and the like. Amen. Amen. So now, hold on, now you've got that definition of sovereignty. We're going to do over alien migration, and I actually have uh, the definition of migration in there, so we're going to read that. Notice the agent is notice the principal, notice the principal is notice the agent. So if you send it, and you can send this to literally anybody in government. You can send this to anybody at the uh, town level, county level, state level, federal level. You can send it to anybody. You can be from any state, send from in, to anybody in government. 
absolutely 100%, okay? That's how overly broad and general this is. You can literally apply this to anybody, okay? So you don't have to be from Vermont or Massachusetts or Virginia, wherever I'm quoting. You can be any American by right sending this affidavit to literally anybody in the government. Literally anybody in the government. I think I've been plain enough. Affiant, that's one who swears an affidavit. Uh, you write your name. One of the people, as seen in the 50 American states, Republican in form. So a Republican in form. I've just, you know what, I've, I've had content on this before. I literally did one yesterday. This is your status standing jurisdiction. This is where your status standing jurisdiction is. Uh, there's plenty of free content that I've done explaining that. We're not going to waste more time. Affiant claims that the people have assembled, know the fundamental law that is secured in the constitutions, and demand faithful duty to address the maladministration of alien, migrate, uh, alien migrants invading states. Right? So we're going to just say states as in like individual states. Um, people are being murdered, raped, trafficked, and attacked by alien migrants entering states from foreign nations. Now understand, in the law, an affidavit is evidence. There's some stupid moron that says that affidavits are hearsay. There's literally no... You know what? I'll just settle that too. Let's go to the definition of affidavit real fast. Let's go to the definition of affidavit. That way we show it where other people don't. This is Black's Law 4 Deluxe Dictionary talking about affidavit. Let me see the definition. A written or printed declaration or statement of facts, not hearsay, made voluntarily and confirmed by the oath or affirmation of the party making it, taken before an officer having authority to administer such an oath. A statement or declaration reduced to writing and sworn to or affirmed before some officer who has authority to administer an oath or affirmation. A written or printed declaration of statement of facts, not hearsay, made voluntarily and confirmed by the oath or affirmation of the party making it, taken before an officer having authority to administer such an oath. Any voluntary ex parte statement reduced to writing and sworn to or affirmed before some person legally authorized, you get the point. You get the point, okay? So it's a written statement of fact. It's made voluntarily. You are under the penalty of perjury whenever you make it. It's to facts and not hearsay. Which is why we don't say, I swear that I believe. No, 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 no. You swear to facts, right? Okay, here we go. So this says, um, the people have assembled. Okay, so now we're saying that people are being murdered, raped, trafficked, and attacked by alien migrants entering states from foreign nations. Now, you swearing to this under oath, you are giving evidence that rights are being violated. Specifically, people are being murdered, so that goes against the right to life. People are being raped, goes against the right to liberty, right? Uh, right to privacy as well. People being trafficked, so now you're speaking about liberty, you're speaking about slavery, you're speaking about those types of things. And attacked, which is just a general lawlessness. It's, uh, it, it, it is the opposite of public safety, it's the opposite of public welfare. So it's being attacked by alien migrants. Now you can just look up, uh, you know, headlines, and it's all over the place. So you are speaking to the maladministration of alien migrants. Now remember, maladministration is just wrong administration. So you're saying that because these things are happening, this is a maladministration of migration. Aliens, which means foreigner, are coming into the nation. They're coming into the states. 
as they're coming into the states, all this bad stuff is happening. So all this bad stuff that's happening by these aliens is maladministration of government by people in government. Make sense? Okay. Affiant claims that all states are sovereign. We looked that up. Free. Let's look up the word free. I'm going to show it to you in the law, but I want you to see it in the definition. Uh, because these words matter and a lot of people just blow right over words they they don't slow down to actually look at the definitions of words so we need to look up the definitions of words so when we look up the word free we're gonna get this not subject to legal constraint of another unconstrained having power to follow the dictates of his own will so if a state is free the state has its own will which means discretion right not subject to the dominion of another not compelled to involuntary servitude make sense okay so that is what free means so now we need to go to so a, uh, they are sovereign free and independent let's look up independent and for people that are like, well, we know these words. No, no, no. We don't know these words, which is exactly why we have the government we have. You need to slow down and understand that words mean things. So we're looking up the word independent. Independent. Where are you at? Independent. There you go. Independent means not dependent, not subject to control, restriction, modification, or limitation from a given outside source. Okay. There's independent. So all states are, in fact, you know what? Let me look up the definition of state. That way you understand the definition of state because that is also important. So when we just look up the definition of state right here, where's the button? There we go. State, a people, ooh, look at that people, a people permanently occupying, so they're not migrants, a people permanently occupying a fixed territory bound by common law habits and customs into one body politic exercising through the medium of an organized government independent sovereignty and control over all persons and things within its boundaries capable of making war and peace and entering into international relations with other communities of the globe look at that a people what are we coming as we are coming as one of the people we're coming as someone who's of the state. We're coming as someone who creates governments, right? And so look at this, permanently occupying. So we are not migrating. People are not, uh, people of the state are not occupying. They're, or excuse me, they're, they're not migrating, right? And look at this, it's a fixed territory bound together by common law, habits and customs into one body politic exercising through the medium of an organized government how do we organize through written constitutions independent sovereignty we looked at both of those and control over all persons who over all persons that includes people that aren't supposed to be there or who enter there unlawfully and things within its boundaries which means that things that come from outside the boundaries are coming inside the boundaries make sense okay so we now understand that this is where it's going on so it's uh, so so that's that's the definition of states. So we are going to say that all states are sovereign, free, and independent. We just looked up all those things. John Locke, a settled authority and forefather-in-law, declared that government is an express or tacit trust. 
the text of the constitutions, right? You notice how we're doing plural because most people are only ever taught U.S. Constitution. So we're now saying constitutions to remind them that there's 51 constitutions. The text of the constitutions is the law. The text of the constitutions, that's the law. You can't smuggle in definitions. Every state's trust indenture called the state constitution is the highest law of that state. We just saw the definition of state that it's organized government. A trust indenture is a document that defines the terms and conditions of the trustees and explains the rights of the beneficiaries. And this is because, as John Locke explains, that government is an express or tacit trust. I want to take this moment right now to direct you to my teacher, a guy named Dave Jose. He's on Twitter at RealDaveCares for you, uh, and he's on on Telegram at DaveCaresForYou. Uh, this is this is his teachings. He teaches the fundamental law. He teaches the state constitutions, um, and so I, I learned from him. So if you want to take his webinars on like more in-depth stuff, you can go find him at those places that I've directed you to. So every state's trust indenture, called the state constitution, is the highest law of that state. The U.S. Constitution grants power to Congress over naturalization. Now remember, we're swearing to this. We're swearing to these facts. So the U.S. Constitution grants power to Congress over naturalization. I'll show that here in a second. Now look at this. The U.S. Constitution does not grant power over alien migration. Alien meaning foreigner, migration we're about to see the definition of. The reason why this is important is that because government is an express trust. The trust indentures, which are the constitutions, are the law. So exactly what is written is exactly the law. So if what's written says this government has this power, that is the law. As the Supreme Court would say, it's self-executing. You don't need anything else because the exact words are the law. So the U.S. Constitution grants power to Congress, U.S. Congress, over naturalization. Nothing and nowhere in the U.S. Constitution grants power to anything in the federal government over alien migration. Right? So, um, so states have the complete unqualified and exclusive power to police the persons in their territories. Now this is high claim, right? But you've already seen the, the, the definitions of words. But I'm going to use this phrase right here because that's what the Supreme Court in 1831 used, right? Which includes, so now we're going to say states have the complete unqualified, which means you can't qualify it out. You can't say only under these conditions or, or not unless this happens or, or what if the federal government presumes thus and such. And exclusive, which means that they're not mingled. They're not collaborating. It is exclusive. It is yours. The law of identity and logic is that A cannot be A and B, right? They are not the same. They are two different things, two different things. That's exclusive. Right, which includes the sovereign authority to permit, right? So, so you can allow people in and you can regulate them when they're there. So let's say that you're from China and you come in, chingity chong chong, ping 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 wong, You've, you travel to America to do tourism and you're now traveling around the United States. Um, a state can say, we don't want you here. Now, most states would say, yeah, come and visit because they've got tourism. So that state has made a discretionary decision 
to allow that person in to to uh, you know experience tourism and give money and stuff. But if a state said we don't want people from China, they can absolutely do that. By definition, they can. Most states don't know this. Most lawyers will tell people at all levels of government that this is not the law. But you'll notice that those lawyers, A, they never swear to their advice, so they are never lawfully obligated or accountable for what they say, ever. B, they never actually show in the law where the granted power is in the Constitution. So because the Constitution is the law, the law has to grant a power. If that power is not granted, you can say that it doesn't exist because it doesn't. So this is why it's necessary to understand what government is so that you understand what powers are inside of what's been granted. So if the U.S. Constitution does not grant the power over alien, foreigner, migration, traveling to for permanent residency, as we'll see here soon, then the federal government does not have power over aliens coming into America to stay. They don't have that power. Okay, So this means that the states, because, because the federal government doesn't have it, it means the states, right? So the power exists, right? The power of government is somewhere. The power of government over people who are not in the country to come to the country, that power exists somewhere. In, in its present state today, it exists somewhere. And in the law, it is under a presumption I'll just give you this, the, the, the free chicken. The federal government presumes people coming into America from not America is commercial. And because the federal government makes that presumption, it uses its granted power to regulate commerce to, by extension, to extend its jurisdiction to now regulate immigration. That's how mass migration is happening. And that's why every lawyer and every state and uh, local authorities and state authorities, they all believe that. They all believe that the, because the federal government has extended its jurisdiction to include immigration as a, as a subject matter underneath uh, commerce. So the U.S. Constitution granted the feds, the, power, the U.S. Congress, the power of um, um, uh, regulate commerce. The federal government extends its jurisdiction and pulls underneath commerce migration. So you'll see that every, um, every most, I should say, most dealings of the U.S. federal government treat immigration or migration as a commercial activity, which is why it regulates and speaks about economic impact and stuff like that. So the states, buy, so if the, if the power isn't granted to the federal government, the U.S. Constitution, Article 10, says it's reserved to the states or the people, respectively. So if the U.S. government does not have a specific power, which here it doesn't have the specific power over alien migration, it means that power exists either at the state level or with the people. That's what that means. Okay. So this includes the sovereign authority to permit, exclude, deport aliens inimical to the general welfare of the state. Now, why do I use the word inimical? I use the word inimical on purpose because I want states to deport aliens. So I'll look up the word deportation. If we look up the word deportation, this is why I use the word inimical. Um, where are you at? 
we look up deportation, banishment to a foreign country, attend with confiscation of property and deporta uh, de deprivation of civil rights, a punishment derived from the deportatio of Roman law and still in use in France. Now, here's where we want to go. In American law, the removal or sending back of an alien, foreigner, to, this is why naturalization is important because once they're naturalized, they're no longer an alien. Once they're an, if they're an alien, that means that they are their status and their presence in the states is conditional. Sending back of an alien to the country from which they came, the removal from the country of an alien considered inimical to public welfare. So now we need to know what inimical is. Hold on, let me click this off real fast. Because I don't know if inimical is in this dictionary. But inimical just means like a hazard. It's like not good. Harmful. Because the issue is that the state has an obligation to provide for, um, what's it called? Um, public welfare, public safety. Inimical. Inimical is not in this dictionary. So if I look up, I'm trying to find it. No, it's not. Okay. Is it in my Webster's? So it's my Webster's 1828. So let's look up animical. H-I. And this is, this is the dedication. So if you say, well, Jen, this is great content. Thank you. God gets the glory. But if you also want to say thank you, you can sign up at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren while I look for this. And you can uh, switch your shopping, and that way Jaron continues to be able to do what he's doing um, without, you know, to, to provide this for free. Because that's what I'm doing. Because I'm giving you remedy. I'm showing you in the law where you can do stuff. All right, inimical. This is Webster's 1828. Where, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Um, I just had it, then I looked at the camera. There we go. Inimical. Inimical, unfriendly, having the disposition of uh, or temper of an enemy, applied to private enmity, as hostile is to public, adverse, hurtful, repugnant. Okay. So, and then look at this. Uh, Webster goes on, or so Ward. Webster quotes Ward, and Ward goes on: savage violences inimical to commerce. So, if these people, if these aliens are like destroying stuff, or they're impairing commerce. That's inimical. If they're destroying things, if they're taking the public dollars, using money, all this other kind of stuff, that's inimical, right? Oh, and by the way, if if uh, anyone in government uses any public funds, that is to say tax monies or revenues, to pay for the housing, the feeding, the transportation of migrants, you got to understand that is public money being taken from the people to pay for aliens, the grant of power to, and I'm off track right now, but the grant of power to tax people has to be expressly stated. The purpose has to be expressly stated in the law. No constitution anywhere says that you can tax people to give to foreigners. I'm just putting it out, though, putting it out there. Now, what we'll do, so this means that every state has the authority to permit, exclude, deport aliens inimical to the general welfare of the state. The reason why I used inimical is because that is included in the definition of deportation. I want these people out. I want them out. I also want to set the conditions for whoever receives this affidavit to make all provisions and to take all action necessary to get these people out of the country, right? 
That's what we want. That's what I want. Webster's Dictionary, 1828, defines naturalization as, quote, the act of investing an alien with rights and privileges of a native subject or citizen. So think about whenever, if, if you were to be, so I'm an American. Let's say I go to China. I'm physically traveling from America to China. That's migration. When I am in China, whenever China wants to now treat me as an alien, a foreigner, as someone who is native to China, however China makes that decision, that is naturalization. So when someone is physically not in America, and they're not an American, and they physically come to America, that's called migration. When they get to America, Whenever the United States, the U.S. Congress, granted the power over naturalization, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4 of the U.S. Constitution, when the United States Congress says that we are now going to treat that foreigner like that foreigner is a Native American, not Native American like Feather, like whoop, 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 but like, like you know, Native American political, your political status is you are an American. That is called naturalization. What most people presume is that because the U.S. government can naturalize aliens, they presume that the U.S. government can permit migrants. And that's not lawful. That's not in the law. The law is that the state has the power over migration. Right? Webster's Dictionary defines migration as, quote, the act of removing from one kingdom or state to another for the purpose of permanent residence. Now look at this. The act the act of removing, you're physically moving, you're physically going from one place to the next. So migration is not naturalization, naturalization is not migration. Um, permanent residence or a resident of some continuance, right? It is maladministration, wrong administration, for any state to subject its sovereignty over migration to the federal government. You're just straight up saying the state has sovereign powers over migration and nothing can obligate the state to obey the federal government regarding migration. Now, I bring this up because there's a lot of people, the governor of Texas, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, all the delegates of um, to the federal, the federal delegation from Texas and other Republicans in the House have said the federal, the, the state of Texas is being invaded, which it is. I agree with that. And so from that perspective, it's a public safety issue. And so I agree with that. But here I'm trying to go further to clarify the law. See, I don't want Texas to have to de declare an invasion before they can assert their sovereignty. I want Texas or Oklahoma or Kansas or Louisiana or whatever state you're in, I want these states to be able to say we are sovereign now regardless if there's an invasion or not. So because I'm sovereign now, if I see one alien doing something we don't like, you're gone. Period. And you can do that by law as a sovereign state. That's what we're saying. Okay, so let's get to the evidence. This says, John Locke, Two Treaties of Government, Book 2, Chapter 15, seven, uh, Section 171. Now, John Locke is an established, settled authority. Uh, he's a forefather of law. So if you quote John Locke, you're not quoting a philosopher, as some morons would say. He's not a political philosopher. He's a settled authority in law, and people don't argue with that because they understand his influence on American jurisprudence. So it's not, this is where, if I go to the Bible real fast, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, 
God, uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, Satan, the most subtle of all God's creatures, comes to the woman and says, hath God said. What Satan did at that point was, one, he attacked the clarity of God. God was very clear about what he wanted. The second thing Satan did was he installed doubt in Eve. He said, well, you can actually not believe God because he's unclear. And the third thing he did, amongst other things, is that he introduced the concept of interpretation. So whenever Eve was asked, hath God said, it's now up for her to interpret what God says. Here, when people actually look at government, they like to interpret with all sorts of doctrines. You'll hear uh, dumb attorneys talk about the doctrine of parents patriae, or the doctrine of stare decisis, or the doctrine of, uh, you know, I don't know, lex rex. Those are doctrines. Those are not law. We do not use doctrines. We use law. We look at what words say, and we understand what they say. What we don't do is put on a set of lenses over our eyes and say, we're going to look at this document through this interpretive lens. We look at the law as it's written. That's the law. That's what John Locke's saying. So when people say John Locke was a philosopher, they're trying to get you to put on a set of lenses so that you can look as though John Locke is just like Baskin Robbins or he's like Subway. You can just make it your way. You can choose whatever. Well, I don't like John Locke. Let me exchange that for Karl Marx. Let me exchange that for Vettel. Let me exchange that for somebody else. That, that, is, that is the arrogance and it's the, um, it is the... Um, it is the bad knowledge for people to not know the law and to presume interpretation. When they presume that interpretation, they can read the plain text of the, of the Constitution, but they still put on the goggles and they, they mess it up. This is how you can have people say, well, the federal government has the power over migration. Of course they do. Look at that. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 2 or 3 or whatever it is. No, it doesn't. It, it does not grant them the power. If the Constitution does not say you've granted this power, that power doesn't exist. Period. Period. Why? Because, as John Locke says, political power is that power which every man having in the state of nature has given up into the hands of society, and therein to the governors, whom the society hath set over itself with this express or tacit trust, that is, uh, that it shall be employed for their good. Now we go to Massachusetts Constitution. Massachusetts was uh, one of the earliest, uh, it was one of the original 13 colonies. And so if you go to those state constitutions, they'll explain a lot of liberty in the frame of government they're in. The people of this, so this is Massachusetts Constitution, part the first, article four. The people of this commonwealth, right, a state, have the sole and exclusive right, look at that, sole only and exclusive, which means it's uninhibited and it's not collaborating, right of governing themselves as a free, sovereign, and independent state. What are we swearing to? All states are sovereign, free, and independent. So when we swear that all states are sovereign, free, and independent, one of the very first states said, literally, that the state is free, sovereign, and independent. Does that make sense? We are swearing to what the law plainly says. And do, and forever hereafter shall, exercise and enjoy every power, jurisdiction and right when you understand what i just said i just get like that sentence right there is worth a quadrillion dollars that sentence right there because it's the people 
exercise and enjoy every power, jurisdiction, and right, which is not or may not hereafter be by them. So who's them? Them is the people. So expressly delegated to the United States of America in Congress assembled. So the people, until they expressly delegate it to the U.S. Congress, they have every power, jurisdiction, and right, which tells you a couple things. It tells you, one, people got all the power. It tells you, two, people delegate that power. It tells you, three, that that power is what? Expressly delegated as though it's an um, express trust, right? If it's an express trust, it's expressly delegated. Express means written, clear, not to be uh, smuggled with inference or interpretation, right? So, so if the people have all the power, if the people grant the power, the people grant the power by express delegation, this means that if it's not expressed, it hasn't been granted, which means the pe people didn't give it. So if the U.S. Constitution does not say the federal government has the power over alien migration, guess what? They don't got it. They got zero power over alien migration by law, by law, right? Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section 3, that government is or ought to be instituted, this is created, for the common benefit, protection, security. Do you feel benefited, protected, or secure by all these mass migrants coming into the nation, raping people, trafficking people, murdering people, destroying property, bringing languages and customs and beliefs that aren't ours? Do you, do you feel benefited, protected, and secure? of the people, nation, or community, of all the various modes and forms of government, that is best which is capable of producing the greatest degree of happiness. So this is saying that there's a ton of forms of government, but the best one that can, that can give you the greatest degree of happiness and safety and is most effectually secured against the danger of maladministration, right? So the danger means it doesn't actually have to happen. It's just the probability. And maladministration is you're doing your job wrong. So it's the probability of you doing your job wrong is sufficient to change government. And whenever any government, any government, state government, local government, county government, town government, uh, federal government, shall be found inadequate or contrary to these purposes, a majority of the community has an indubitable, inalienable, and indefeasible right to reform, alter, or abolish it in such manner shall be judged most conducive to the public will. So this is speaking about the people's ability, the people's right to change government. If you don't like what they're doing, you can change it. This affidavit is saying people who do not declare the law on immigration or migration are maladministrating migration. That's what we're saying. We are saying that if you do not say exactly what we say, you are, you are maladministrating government. If you are not going to say what the law is, you are maladministrating government because there's ambiguity. And the ambiguity in the law is what's getting people raped, trafficked, murdered, property destroyed, and all sorts of other stuff. Which is why we're going to, at the very end of this, tie these people to it. We're going to say, in this affidavit's purpose, you, government official, whatever level, whatever state, doesn't matter, you, government official, if you do not come out and publicly and in writing say that the states are sovereign and have the complete, unqualified, exclusive authority to uh, permit, exclude, arrest, deport aliens that are inimical to the public welfare, you consent to everything that happens. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Okay. 
U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4, to establish a uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies in the United States. So this shows right here, the U.S. Congress was given the power over naturalization, which is not migration. Now we're going to look at two uh, Supreme Court case. I said 1831 earlier, it's 1837. This is New York versus Milne, 36 U.S. 102. The state, which is these guys, right? The state, which is these guys, <clears throat> has the same undeniable and unlimited jurisdiction over all persons and things within its territorial limits as any foreign nation, which is what we've been reading so far, where that jurisdiction is not surrendered by the Constitution of the United States. Now, question, has something over migration been surrendered to the United States? No. Why? Because it's right there. This is what the power, this is the power, naturalization is the power that was granted to the United States. So the states don't have jurisdiction over naturalization. You see how that works? So if the U.S. Constitution wasn't granted the power over migration, then the U.S. Constitution, the federal government, and anything that, that is subsidiary to it, has no power over migration. This means that if, when the Supreme Court says that, it, that the states have undeniable which means obvious, unlimited, which means it's forever, jurisdiction over all persons and things within its territorial limits. As soon as you walk from the country of Mexico into the state of Texas, you are in the state of Texas, and the state of Texas has sovereign authority over your person. That's what this is saying. Unless that power was granted to the U.S. government. Show me in the Constitution where the power over migration was granted to the U.S. government. You won't see it because it doesn't exist, which is why that power was reserved to the states and the people. Okay, That, by virtue of this, it is not only the right, but the bounden and solemn duty. You are bound. You are tied. You are, you are a slave to your duty. You are a servant to your master, the people. It is the bounden and solemn duty of a state to advance the safety, happiness, prosperity of its people, and to provide for the general welfare by any and every act of legislation, which it may deem to be conducive to these ends, where the power over a particular subject of that matter of its exercise is not surrendered or restrained in the manner just stated. Do you understand? The Supreme Court in 1837, they understood the separation of powers. They understood the distinctiveness of sovereignty. They understood that the constitutions defined the expressed and delegated powers. And they're saying, the state can do whatever it wants as long as it's not granted powers in the Constitution of the United States. So if you look at the Constitution of the United States and you don't see what the federal government can do, it is automatically reserved to the states or the people, which is what Amendment 10 in the Bill of Rights says. It says anything not given or delegated in this Constitution is reserved to the states or respectively the people. So if it's not written, it ain't the law. And if it is, hasn't been given, it means it's never possessed. That's what this is saying. That all those powers, all those powers, which relate merely to municipal legisl legislations like towns and cities and stuff, or what may perhaps be more properly called the internal police, are, are not thus surrendered or restrained. The local governments, the state governments, the city governments, they're not surrendered to the feds. They're not given to the federal government.
the state government is not given to the federal government, which means what? They are thus not surrendered or restrained. And that consequently, so as a result of, in relation to these, the authority of the state is complete, unqualified, and exclusive. This is why we're swearing upstairs, or up, I should say earlier, we're, we're swearing up here, <clears throat> the states have complete, unqualified, and exclusive authority to police the persons in their territories. That's why we're saying that. We are saying this right here. We're saying this right here because of this case in 1837 that says the exact same thing. We are only declaring what's already been declared. We are declaring the law. We're, we're, bringing, we're bringing the light to the ambiguity and the darkness, and we're declaring it. We're swearing to it. We're standing on the rights, and we're showing what we say. Maxim of law, the, law, uh, the welfare of the people is the supreme law. I mean, that's just straight up. If you got a bunch of people who ain't from here, raping, trafficking, murdering, destroying property of the people who are here, get out. Scooch. You shouldn't be here. The welfare of the people. This is literally speaking to the purpose of government. The expression of one thing is the exclusion of another. So this is a beautiful, very simple, inarguable maxim. I mean, all maxims you can't argue against because they're proven and they're considered without proof. But this literally says, if the or this is speaking to, if the U.S. Constitution gives the power of over-naturalization, naturalization is not migration. Migration is not naturalization. The expression of one thing is the exclusion of another. The expression of naturalization is the exclusion of migration. Do you see that? You have to see that. That's the issue. That's the issue. It's simple, but we haven't been taught, which is why we don't know. Affiant claims that affiant demands you show any constitutional provision in any constitution. Look at this. You show any constitutional provision in any constitution that expressly grants the federal government power over migration of aliens. Show it. Show me in any constitution anywhere. I will accept constitutions from Africa. You can bring me some law from Timbuktu. You can read it to me in a... You can read it to me while you jump up with the little rings around your neck and you go on, an, uh, on a hunt with a lion. Like if you can go on a safari and show me the, the African script where it says that the federal government is expressly granted my, power over migration of aliens, I'll accept it. I'll accept it in Chinese. I'll accept it in French. I'll even accept it in Arabic. I'll accept it in Sanskrit. I'll accept it in uh, whatever else. Cambodian, Aleutian, you, you, I'll even take it in Pig Latin. But show it written. Show it anywhere. Show it anywhere. Failure to show this constitutional provision means that states are sovereign over alien migration. Boom. If you can't show me where the feds got the power over, migration, over alien migration, migration of aliens. And this is why I said migration of aliens. Because you're going to get some very shrewd attorneys that will say, well, if you're going from the state of Texas to live in the state of Oklahoma, you're migrating. And technically, they'd be right. But if you're an Oklahoma, if you're a Texan moving to Oklahoma, or if you're a North Dakotaan moving to Ohio, you're an American. And in Article 4 of the, of the U.S. Constitution, the citizens of the several states enjoy the immunities and privileges of all the states. So this means that people that are Americans can freely travel to each state 
by law like they can well they can do it by right but the constitution the u.s constitution secures that so we're not saying that the we're, we're saying the migration of aliens which is foreigners right uh an oklahoman might not be a, a an oklahoman is not a texan but an oklahoman is not an alien so that to america which means that an oklahoman can freely travel to texas and someone in Texas can freely travel to Utah, can freely travel to Washington, can freely travel to Florida, whatever. Make sense? Okay, this is why we're saying this. Now we're saying states are sovereign over alien migration. You can't come to Texas just because the federal government opens a border. You can't come into Arizona just because the government opens a border. You can't come into New Mexico. You can't come into California just because the... Uh, America opens a border. You can't come via plane into Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia ain't on a border. But you can't fly from a plane into the state of Georgia without Georgia's permission. So if Georgia and it's you know Atlanta Airport, which is the hub for like a, a bunch of airplanes, if Georgia really wanted to say we don't want people coming in from out of from out of the country, they could. They absolutely could. Now, it might be to their detriment because they get a lot of money, so they might welcome that. But if they really wanted to, they could absolutely do that by law because they're a state and because they're sovereign. They could absolutely do that. And if the federal government said, well, this is interstate commerce. Well, hold on. We have the right to participate or not participate in commerce. So if there is commerce that's hurting the public safety, hurting the public welfare, yeah, we ain't doing that which is why it's inimical to commerce, which is what Webster was saying in 1828. Okay, all right, here we go. This is the very last part, the remedy portion. Let's uh, finish this up. Affiant claims that affiant demands. Now, the reason why I say this is because I wanna make claims. Whenever you are sworn under penalty of perjury, you make claims to facts, right? So I'm claiming something. I'm claiming everything and this is true, even though we're gonna give some opportunities for uh, changing and challenging and responses. But we're also saying, I claim that I demand. We're making my demands known, right? That you take final notice. This is worded weird to the, to the ear, but in the law, you are claiming that everything in this paragraph is true. But everything in this paragraph is, you know, whenever you read it, it's a, it's a back and forth. It allows for some permutation of, of variance. Not much, but it does. Uh, you take final notice that is affiance demand and right to redress the grievance of maladministration over alien migration. To, uh, uh, what did I say? The grievance over maladministration over alien migration that you, whoever you send it to, do within three days receipt of this affidavit, declare in writing and publicly that states are sovereign, free, and independent governments with complete, unqualified, and exclusive power over alien migration in their territories, which includes the powers to permit, arrest, exclude, and deport aliens inimical to the general welfare of the state. That's what we're demanding. We are demanding that government officials start to say what the law is. You notice, you notice right here, people might dog this and say, well, there's no teeth in it. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But what we want is just for people to hear the law. We want the law spoken. I want the law declared. I want the truth declared. And you'll recognize this is the wisdom of God. Because whenever you preach the gospel, 
I'm not forcing you to, to believe the gospel. I'm not taking my guns and, and putting it to your head. What I'm doing is I'm declaring what the gospel is, and your heart, work of the Holy Spirit, John 16 and verse 8, will convict you of your sin, or you'll harden your heart. But your conviction will happen, and there's consequences to you being convicted of the truth. If you hear the gospel and you deny it, God's going to get you. Well, here, if you hear the truth of the law and you deny it or don't act, the people are going to get you. And the more that people say the law, this is the beauty of this, the more that the law is declared that states are sovereign over alien migration and states can permit, arrest, exclude, and deport aliens, the more that that is heard, the more people will believe it, the more that will actually happen. Because right now, people are starting to recognize the mass migration, the invasion, it's bad, it's horrible. And more and more people are saying it. Well, now imagine if more people said, you know what, states are sovereign over alien migration. We don't want Chinese people here. We don't want Mexicans here. We don't want Cambodians or whatever. We don't want Arabs here who are going to blow themselves up. Get them out. They can absolutely say that because they are sovereign. Americans haven't been taught this, so Americans don't think like this. And Americans, furthermore, are browbeaten and cast as bigots or racists or xenophobes if they say this because we have been wrongly trained that we are a nation of immigrants. We're not a nation of immigrants. We're a nation of settlers who established and built this nation. When my forefathers got here, because half of them were already here, and half of them came here. When my forefathers who came here from Europe looked around, they said, you guys aren't using the land to its full potential. And in the common law, that's actually a thing, not to like, you know, detract or nothing. But the savages were killing each other, all killing each other, sacrificing stuff to spirits, cutting people's heads off and throats and... Uh, you know, tongues and everything, and not to say that the settlers were any better, because they did a lot of really bad stuff to the natives as well, but the war happened, and the people that came won and established the law. They established the law based on the common law. The savages didn't even have the wheel. They didn't have the wheel. They weren't, they were just killing each other, and raping each other, and doing all sorts of stuff to each other. There was no, you know, there's no utopian existence where everyone was just happy and free and, and peaceful. They were brutal and killing everybody. Um, and so anyway, when, when the law was established, this is now the law. We are now governing ourselves according to the law, which is the common law. So what we want is we want states to be able to say, uh, we want people to say the states have sovereignty over alien migration. If we don't want you here, we can kick you out. It's that simple. It's that simple. I don't have to let you into my home just because you want to come in. I can say, no, this is my home. Get out. And people have the free right, and this is my immigration series in the links below, I show the fundamental law. People have the right to go wherever they want until when they go where they are, or until when they travel to the place that they're going to, they got to succumb to those laws. They have to be subjected to those laws. So my right to liberty and my freedom to travel goes as far as, as it does until it comes into controversy with someone who's already there and they tell me I can't which is what we're doing. We're, we are trying to reestablish the fundamental law, which is this is America, this is the state of Oklahoma, this is the state of Texas, this is the state of you know wherever you're at. 
we are the people who establish this state. The government is for our benefit, and we don't want you here. Scooch. Now, a lot of people will get mad at that, but it's the law. It's the law. So we want them to do that and that you do immediately. So we want them to do something immediately. Use all your granted powers to correct this issue. Now, this is where the, this is the discretion. This is the, this is the discretion. Because if you send this to a lawmaker, a lot of them might not know what powers they got. But if they're speaking out loud, okay, amen. But now they can introduce legislation. They can form committees. They can write letters of inquiry. There's all sorts of stuff they can do. What we want to do is we want to tell them, you got to go do stuff. Go do stuff. And now if they publicly declare it and they're, they're starting to go along that way, let's us as people come alongside our servants and raise them up with grace and love and wisdom and respect. That way that we get righteous government, which is what we need to be doing. That's, that's what we're doing. We are swearing an affidavit to give our servants evidence that they need to declare the law. And when they declare the law, when they start coming up and saying this is what the law is, those are the servants that are working righteousness. And if those are the servants working righteousness, we want to come alongside them, affirm them, bless them, and support them with more direction and instruction, which is why we learn the fundamental law, which is why we never quote stupid statutes, case law, codes, or anything like that. We stick to the law. If you believe Affiant is wrong in the law, you always want to give people the ability to tell uh, that you're wrong and to controvert you. You may submit in writing affidavits sworn under penalty of perjury and postmarked within three days receipt of this affidavit of the evidence or constitutional provision granting the federal government power over alien migration in states' territories or by tacit acquiescence you agree to all claims herein, which is the whole document, and that this affidavit shall stand against you as evidence and truth and fact and law in all courts of record so that as more and more people learn the fundamental law and we actually learn what grand juries are, we actually learn how to impanel them, we actually learn the law to prosecute them because there are other law adjacent uh, groups out there that focus on grand juries, but they don't know the law, they don't teach the fundamental law, they don't know how to impanel the grand jury, and they don't have the people that if they were to draw them from the, the pool of electors, they have no idea how to instruct the jury nor to prosecute the case because they don't know the law. So the, fo the groups that are so laser focused on grand juries are missing the fact that they, know, they don't know what the law is. And if they're not teaching the law, how do they expect to have the grand juries prosecute the people that are breaking the law? You see how you have to return to the fundamentals. You have to return to the basics. But understand, the more people that do return to the basics, the greater the knowledge grows. And the greater the knowledge grows, you also get a better opportunity for people to actually start using the law, which includes grand juries. And you will learn that you can prosecute your own case against anybody. <laughs> You, you can prosecute your own case against the government. You can prosecute your own case against literally anybody if you know the law, which is why we get to the fundamentals. And that no court may rehear this matter, so we're blocking jurisdictions, right? Because if Massachusetts Constitution says that the people exercise the power over all jurisdictions, we can block jurisdictions by right when they don't respond <laughs> and that you do with full knowledge malice and intent perform maladministration so you are doing a bad job you are not doing the job you swore to do right for not removing ambiguity in law 
So we want the law declared. We want the simplicity of the law stated. And in this case, the remedy, I mean, we, you, you, you want them to be stopped. You want to stop the rapings. You want to stop the murderings. You want to stop all that stuff. But in order to stop that stuff, the law has to be declared. Right now, the law isn't declared, and there's this ambiguity. People in government, who include attorneys and Governor Abbott and people at the federal side, they say, well, we've got to let the courts decide. No, you don't. You don't have to let the courts decide. You need to say, we're the states. We've got sovereignty. We don't like these people. We're kicking them out. That's what you need. But no one's saying that. So we're going to say, if you don't remove the ambiguity, if you are not specific, you are part of the problem. You are part of this maladministration. Those people over there getting raped and trafficked and murdered, you are part of it because you're not saying the, the simplicity in the law is that the states that that's happening, those people can be punished and removed immediately. You don't need to pass new uh, legislation. You can remove them because they're inimical to the public welfare. That's or to the general welfare. That's what we're saying. Okay, so for not removing, where's my mouse? For not removing uh, ambiguity in the law and not declaring the sovereignty of states, get out of here, stupid thing. Uh, not declaring the sovereignty of states as free and independent governments separate from the U.S. Constitution. Because you won't say the basic fundamentals, you're part of the problem. If you don't say what the fundamentals are, you are part of the problem. And, and here's the kicker. And that you consent, I want to say do consent, and that you do and that you do consent to all crimes committed by alien migrants and all disruptions to the general welfare of states performed uh, by alien migrants um, if you do not provide, uh, no, what we'll just say, um, we'll just say this. There we go. We want to say that so they consent and that they consent to all crimes committed. That that means that if you send this to a federal lawmaker, let's you know, for example, you send this to a federal lawmaker and then some do and he gets it on a Monday. And then three days after that would be a what? A Thursday. So he receives it Monday, Tuesday, day one, Wednesday, day two, Thursday, day three. So we say three days if you haven't said anything. On Friday, if an illegal or an alien rapes somebody in Arizona. So you send this to a legislator, to a federal legislator in New York, and then on a, and he gets it on a Monday. If on a Friday he hasn't responded and somebody in Arizona gets raped by an alien, that what this affidavit is, this affidavit is evidence that that federal legislator in New York consented to that rape. Does that make sense? So so when you send this to somebody in government, this is sworn under uh, you know under penalty of perjury and it's making specific claims and it's saying if you don't respond you agree and because you agree if you don't respond it means you agree to all this stuff so if you give this to somebody they are obligated in the law to obey you because they're a trustee and you're giving them the law but now you're stipulating how important this is by saying if you're my county commissioner Here's this thing. If you don't come out publicly and start saying that the states are sovereign and they can deport these guys, if you don't do that, you are part of the ambiguity that is that is currently governing our, our nation, our state. And this ambiguity is 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 
it is the circumstance stupid thing stop doing the thing uh where's my mouse it's it, your amb your your not saying clearly what the law is is part of the ambiguity and in this ambiguity people are getting raped they're getting murdered they're getting trafficked they're getting whatever we want the clarity of the law declared that's what we're demanding we demand you clearly say what the law is or else this affidavit is going to be evidence that you're participating in it and you consent to it and so as we learn the law and as more people start to do this stuff you're going to have affidavits that stand as evidence that have not been controverted. So they are uncontroverted affidavits. They will stand as true, and these things will um, convict people in government because people in government aren't doing what they're obligated to do now that people are exercising their rights in the law. This is powerful, right? So you do consent to all crimes, rape, murder, um, destruction of property, trafficking of children, all crimes by alien migrants and all disruptions to the general welfare. So that is, if there's a, if, let's say that, let's say that an alien migrant, heaven forbid, rapes somebody and there's a public outcry and the public just gets mad and just does stuff. All that destruction from the public as a result of the alien raping the woman or whatever, all that destruction is part of this. So any destruction, any any disruption, any disruption, traffic jam, feces on the street, uh, you know, graffiti, um, you know, uh, any 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 remittance. Let's say that you are in this country and you receive a credit card from Joe Biden. If you pay for stuff and send that back home to Mexico or whatever, called remittance. That right there is disrupting the public welfare because public funds were used to benefit someone in not America. So as soon as that happens, that's a disruption to the public wealth. This ranges, folks. It ranges to all sorts of stuff. Of states performed by alien migrants after receipt of this affidavit. So if you don't give me remedy, if you don't do what you're obligated to do, you consent to literally everything that's going on and you're part of it. You're part of it. That's what we're saying. We are saying choose sides. Which side are you on? We want a clear division. Who is on the side of America? Who's on the side of the people? And who's not? Clear division. Clear division. And then we go here. It says, all responses that are not submitted under penalty of perjury are non-responses and shall stand as express consent to all claims herein. So if you get some attorney or if you do your wiggle words and you try to you know, navigate things and you try to say stuff, if you don't swear under penalty to perjury, penalty of perjury to what you say to me, it counts as a non-response, so that means you're silent, and it means that you expressly agree to everything that I'm saying. They will poop a brick. Many will not actually do anything. They will, they will because they don't know the law, they will not say anything. And then that this, uh, this affidavit stands as evidence. Write out your uh, address here. <clears throat> Please take notice that all valid responses that valid responses, uh, which presupposes that there are invalid responses, uh, may be mailed to, and then say the address, and then say, please take notice, 
or then I, then I write, please take notice as sent to you in the love of Jesus Christ that you may defend this nation. Verification. This is the portion that you write in all your stuff. So you write in your days, right? Executed in uh, Claremore, Oklahoma on this 20th of February in the year 2024, year of our Lord, because Jesus is the Lord. You sign it in blue, always blue, always blue, always blue, always blue, always blue. You say what state you're in. I'm in Oklahoma State. I'm in Rogers County. So I would put Oklahoma State. I would put Rogers County. On this 20th day of February, um, you say uh, this is the notary's name. So the notary would fill out the name, uh, Joe Jim Bob. Uh, a public notary personally appeared. And now this is your name. So Jaron Jackson or Frank Jimmy or what? I don't know why I say Frank and Jimmy, but who proved to me on the basis of, of satisfactory evidence to be the man. So this is your gender. If you're a woman, you put woman. If you're a man, you put man. There is no in between because the law doesn't recognize that. Whose name is subscribed to within the instrument uh, to whose name is subscribed to the instrument within. I can't. Uh, whose name is subscribed to the within instrument, there we go, and acknowledged to me that he or she executed the same in his or her authorized capacity and that by his, by his or hers autograph on the instrument, um, on the in instrument that, this is what some guy was saying, on the instrument that, on the instrument that he or she executed the instrument. I certified under penalty of perjury on the laws, uh, lawful laws of whatever state, uh, witness to my hand, and then the notary does the thing, right? And then under here, you could actually put, and you could write this if you wanted to, uh, or you could type it, whatever, but distribution, and you could say, you know, Judge A or County Commissioner, um, you know, Bobby, you know, uh, whatever. You, you can write whatever uh, that you want to. And that way, the person who gets it knows everybody else who got it. I would send that certified mail. I would put it on legal piece of paper, which is eight and a half by fourteen. Uh, certify it, certify it to where you get back the, um, you know, the the little stamp things, the green receipts, and then keep them. Uh, and then pray. Most important part is praying. Listen, folks, I do what I do because I love Jesus Christ. The most important thing that I do is I preach the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that you and I are sinners. Everyone who has ever lived is a sinner, was a sinner, will be a sinner, except for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He came from heaven to earth. He was virgin born, lived a sinless perfect life, perfectly kept all the laws of the Old Testament. He died on the cross where his blood was shed, a gruesome, horrible, bloody affair. He was buried physically because he physically died and he physically rose from the grave three days later. When Jesus died, he fulfilled the old covenant. This is why, this is why he says in John 19, I don't want that during the gospel, get out of here. Um, he says, John 19.30, he says, it is finished. He completed his job. He completed the task. Now, when Jesus physically raises from the grave, he says, go into all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey. Teach all the nations to obey all my commands. So whenever you hear the gospel, 
that you are a sinner, that you need salvation for your from your sin, or else you're going to go to hell. You you will be in hell for forever. You will be conscious. You will understand what you did. I believe that you will understand what God provided for you, and you will understand that he was so good, and you denied him repeatedly. Your ability to breathe, your heart that's beating, the health that you have, the opportunities that you have, every time that you were laughing, your joy, all of those were gifts of the God, uh, gifts from God. Colossians chapter, um, what's it, 3 and verse 17 speaks about like uh, the, the gifts of God are good, right? Um, excuse me, not, not Colossians, uh, James, James chapter one, verse five, James chapter one, verse five says the, the gifts, all good gifts from, come from God. So, so I believe you will be in hell, conscious etor, tor, eternal torment in a lake of fire, and you will know all the things that God did, and you will be able to recount for eternity all the good things God did for you, and that you rejected him. So do not reject him, believe the gospel. So now that you've heard the gospel, that you need salvation from your sin because God will punish you. Jesus took your punishment on the cross. His blood is shed, and Colossians 2 and verse 14 and 15 says that it's his blood that washes away all those sins that we have against us. So you need Christ's blood to wash away your sins. If you do not have Christ's blood to wash away your sins, you will go to hell because you are a sinner and you're condemned already. So now that you've heard the gospel, you must believe the gospel. You have to believe that happened. You have to believe that that gospel happened and that gospel is the gospel that saves. There are other counterfeit gospels that add to or take away. There's some people that believe that Jesus didn't physically raise from the grave. They say that he was a spirit. That's a hoax. That's not a right gospel. If you believe that, you're going to go to hell because you don't believe the gospel that saves. Now, when you believe this gospel, there is a response to obey this gospel. This speaks at 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21, Galatians 3 verse 26 and 27. This is the whole book of Acts. When people hear the gospel, there is a response to the gospel. That response is the obedience. It's your faith in action. And for the people that say that it's only by belief, John chapter 6 and verse 39 calls faith a work. So the Bible says that faith is a work, right? The Bible says that, that, that baptism is a work of the Lord, Colossians 2 and verse 12. So the response to the gospel is to obey it. So you believe it, now you got to put that faith into action. When you put that faith into action, you repent of your sin and you are baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. The reason why this is important, now I, I lost people, the reason why this is important, one, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Two, when you have a New Testament, when Jesus started his New Testament and he established his church, he is the chief cornerstone, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. When Jesus established his church, which he said he was going to do, Matthew 16 and verse 18. When Jesus established his church, he says, here's how to get into me. Here's how to come into me. You must be in Christ. If you are not in Christ, he does not know you. Matthew chapter 7, uh, the, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, verse 21, Jesus is saying, many will come to him on that day and they do not, and, and they say, we cast out demons, we did great works, we've done all this great stuff in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. 
So it's not about you knowing Jesus. It's not about you having a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not about praying or giving your heart to Christ. It's not about welcoming Jesus into your life. It's not even about the, the mere belief. It's the fact that are you in Christ? How do you get in Christ? That's the issue. And a lot of people will look to all the different epistles. You need to understand every book from Romans through Revelation was written to members of the church. They were in Christ at the time that they were receiving that word. If you want to look to the evangelism on, and how to get in Christ, look at the book of Acts. When these Jews, when Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 2, and they heard the message, they said, they believed it. Verse 37, they believed the message. The people who believe the gospel, they asked Peter, what do we have to do to earn salvation? Or what, what, what must we do? What, what, what must we do? And Peter inspired by the Holy Spirit, giving the very first gospel presentation in all of history with the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins so that you may receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is how you get in Christ. That is the response to Christ. That is the response to the gospel. You need to be in Jesus Christ. If you are not in him, like in the ark, like when Noah was in the ark, everyone who was in the ark was saved. And the destruction was all around them, but they were in the ark. They got to get in the ark. So how do you get in the ark? You must hear the gospel, which we've presented, well, I've presented. You must believe the gospel, which means you must consider it true. Faith is essential. It's critical. You are saved by grace through the faith, through the faith that you have that Jesus Christ did these things. And you must obey the gospel. Second uh, Thessalonians speaks about how Jesus will return and he will punish those who do not obey the gospel. Paul writes in, in uh, Romans chapter 1 and Romans 16 that this was about the obedience to the faith. So if you, if you believe but you don't obey, your works are dead. This is James. You know, the book of James says that uh, faith without works is dead. Uh, the Bible says that baptism is an operation of the Lord, Colossians 2 and verse 12. So you need to get in Christ. So you hear the gospel, you believe the gospel, you repent of your sins, you confess that Lord Jesus is king, and you are baptized in his name. Amen. That is the gospel and the call to obey the gospel. The way that you can help me, bless me, is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaron, sign up and register there um, and uh, you know me or someone with me will give you a call and we'll walk you through it if you want to go to now go to war now go to war.com this evening february 20 at 7 p.m central time my wife and i will be explaining this so if you want to hear it from us you want to hear how we've done it you want to hear testimonials from other people who are also uh switched in their spending uh that's an opportunity but patriot switch is an american manufacturing initiative taking the money you're already spending and switching it over. Direct product purchase of household goods delivered right to your door. Nobody from BlackRock or anybody can purchase a seat at the corporate table so you know that your dollars aren't going to go to woke stuff. Uh, and there are no hazardous chemicals. So you are actually getting a better quality product that wasn't mass produced, mass purchased, and sitting on the store shelves for five years before they trot it out. You are getting a freshly manufactured, American manufactured, good delivered right to your door. And it benefits me and the work that I do herein because we just did an hour of fundamental law where I showed you an affidavit of how to bring the fundamental law to apply to your government servants for free. Because, you know, 
I, I want I care about my nation. So anyway, appreciate your time, Lord willing. We'll be back um, whenever we are. Maybe tomorrow. I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.